Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars, winners hang with winners. Welcome to the House of Strauss. Oh my God, we are honored. The one, Colin Cowherd. Do we call him a sports talk impresario? Certainly a maestro. Uh, You can see him on Fox all the time. You can see him on or hear him on the Volume Network. Colin, how you doing? Well, I've watched your career explode and... uh... You are uh, the Substack Svengali. You are crushing it. You are rolling. You're, uh, you know what? You offer really thoughtful, uh, semi-long form, uh, which you can do on Substack, uh, thoughts. And I think it's very attractive in a headline world and a, and a, a Woj bomb world. And that has <laughs> tremendous value. But you're a little bit of a counterpuncher, and I like it. Oh, I definitely appreciate that. You know, I have a lot of respect for what you've done and, and what you've built. I'm just happy. I'm happy to have my own niche. I'm happy to have uh, my own freedom. And I'm happy that you respect what I do. Uh, you know, it's so here's a funny way to start off. And we can cut this if this is telling tales at a school. But a friend of mine was around you during one of these big kind of gala radio row things where everybody's trying to grab a guest. OK, and a producer was feeding you guest idea after guest idea. And it was big name guest. And you said, no, boring. There's another big name guest. Like, no, he was bad last time. And I found that very interesting, Colin. I, I it, it, it says something to me, I guess, that you're prioritizing something other than strictly the name of the guest, which is unusual in the industry. And I'm curious as to... When did you arrive at that method? And has that always been something that was in your approach? Uh, I don't, I've always been attracted to people that teach me things and storytellers. So mm-hmm. I had Logan Ryan on, the uh, Tennessee Titan longtime NFL defensive back. He was a tremendous guest. He gave the audience things uh, and me things I'd never heard before. Great stories on Belichick. And I always appreciate when I'm a consumer, if, if you write an article and you teach me something, um, I, that's what I'm attracted to. So I basically produce a show for me. Uh, I just had mm. a conversation today about something else, um, with Armin Katayan, a friend, and it was just great talking shop, 15, 20 minutes, may have been 30 minutes. And, and it was like, Oh, these are great stories. He was giving me incredible insight on, he's got a book out on Billy Walters that's coming out. And, you know, it's just like, I, I think the audience likes that. I, I like it. Mm. Just, um, teach me something. You know, Hmm. that's interesting. You know, I always wondered, I first became interested in your show when I was a beat writer because you're traveling around and whenever I was in an Uber, because it was just around the time that taxi was switching to Uber is the normal thing to do. And Uber was crazy cheap. So I just Ubered everywhere. I was always in an Uber (laughs) and generally on, you know, in the sound system of the car, if it wasn't music, it was either Joe Rogan's podcast or your your sports talk. And that was in the car. And I often wondered, I was thinking, does this guy imagine this Uber driver and that he's talking to him 
Or are you imagining yourself as you're saying, and you're thinking about what you would want to hear? Uh, is there anybody you focus on as you're doing your thing? Uh, when my mom was around, I focused on my mom cause she didn't like sports. Uh, but mm. she said, uh, she said, you know, I think you're interesting when you don't talk sports. And so I thought that's an interesting way to look at it. So I thought I have to talk sports, but my mom finds it more interesting when I talk around sports. So that's probably why I use so many metaphors and analogies and tell stories because I could get my mom to listen. And I always feel like there's two people in a car driving to work. It's often a husband and a wife, boyfriend and a girlfriend. And if you're breaking down games, you're going to lose somebody. But if you're telling stories, you have a chance to lose nobody. Um, the, 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 what I always say, um, and I, I, I apologize if I've used this before, oh, but I tell young broadcasters all the time, if you walked up to a bar and a guy was right for 10 minutes and you listened to him, you'd get bored. You'd say, mm -hmm. he's, a -it -all, he's kind of arrogant. But if you walked up and for 10 minutes, a man or a woman told fascinating stories and you weren't sure they were true, <laughs> you'd, <laughs> you'd look at your buddy and go, get over here. You got to hear this <laughs> crazy and so I've, I've always kind of veered toward interesting. Um, you know, my stories are true, but I think uh, being theatrical and fun and telling stories and spinning yarns, uh, that's what I do. And, um, yeah. you know, anybody can just break down a game. Anybody can come in and go, there was a game last night. Here's what happened. Here's my take. That, there's no, you know, yeah. prediction. And by the way, predictions mean I'm wrong more. My theories mean I'm wrong more. That's okay. I'm, I'm trying to be captivating and interesting and, and, and hope, you know, it's worked. Yeah. There, there's so much there because when I, when somebody says to me, uh, that they like my stuff or they're a subscriber and they don't like sports, but they, they find it interesting anyway, that's the greatest compliment to me. And I think that's a different, that's a different thing than what also happens in our industry where people get bored with sports or they think that sports are beneath them and they want to talk about completely other issues. I, I'm seeking to just to use it as a window yeah. and to do so in a way that somebody who didn't maybe even like sports or wasn't inclined is still interested in the material. I'm not even trying to walk it. I'm not, I'm not even just trying to speak to people who are disinterested, uh, disinterested in sports about unrelated issues. I'm trying to just give them, just give them a pipeline, give them a connection. It doesn't always work out, but that's kind of the goal. And I think you might see it similarly. Well, I don't, I never watched, uh, uh, John Stewart, Rachel Maddow, uh, or a conservative commentator for, um, football analysis. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll listen to me for political, um, uh, takes, uh, that doesn't mean I can't be occasionally snarky and, uh, you know, take, take the occasional random shot at Trump. Um, but I think I, I know I have a lot of interests, Ethan, a lot, um, and a lot of them aren't sports, but I know my job. I go to work. It is a job. That's why Jason McIntyre has been a great fit. We're into family. We're into sports. We're into business. Mm. Um, we like our vacations. We really think alike. And But we, we both have the same belief, which is people tune into us for sports. So go a mile deep on sports. And, you know, there's four or five that are very popular. I've probably... I would say over the last 12 years sort of moved off regular season baseball talk. But, um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty simple. A lot of NFL and NBA playoffs, college football. I'm going to a UFC fight in Vegas this week, an occasional UFC fight. Uh, March Madness, some uh, postseason baseball. 
an occasional cultural issue. But I, I know what the audience is. I, I'm not trying to, you know, wave uh, my intellect, uh, you know, whatever that is at people. I talk sports. I try to come up with different views on it, different angles. And, you know, again, it's worked. Yeah. Well, yeah. And especially when you have a broad audience, you have to be conscious of what the audience wants. I mean, I'm in a glass house if I'm criticizing people for going off the map and talking about other things. But I do think a lot of people in the industry are, they're hindered by something I will call the vending machine problem, which is that somebody walks up to the vending machine and they press E9 for a Reese's peanut butter cup and a sardine flops out. You know, maybe they like sardines. Maybe there's somebody who has a fishy taste and they like that on a, on a pizza on occasion, but they can go to a place where they can get the sardines when they expect the sardines. They yeah. expected a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I saw that happening more so a few years ago. I think yeah. people are getting a little bit wise to it where there was a lot of people yelling at their own audience when they were told to stick to sports as opposed to just kind of accepting that some of your audience might not like it. And they started trying to lecture that part of the audience about it as opposed to just accepting that, hey, people are coming to you what they're coming to you for. Yeah, I mean, when I went to Italy with my wife, I wanted to drink wine. I really wanted to see the Colosseum and some architecture and some history. And I wanted to eat a lot of great pizza and pastas. That's what I went to Italy for. And I saw history <laughs> and I ate that food. And I walked for three days until I got blisters on my feet in Florence. So even when you go on vacation, you know, nothing ruins a nice vacation, like weather that's too hot or too cold. Like we're all expecting something on vacations from our spouses, from our talk show hosts. And my job is to deliver it. And and I will tell you, I, a lot of what I read, uh, it could be, uh, the Atlantic, uh, the economist. I, there's a lot of stuff I read and it's not sports. But I compartmentalize that, stay out of that. Now, I will occasionally use a, a column if I'm reading psychology today and I'll yellow it and say, I got to pull this. I got to figure out. I'll save it. I'll clip it. Yeah. I'm going to use that in the next three weeks. That's really, really smart. So I, I take a lot of non-sport stuff, get ideas from it. It, it expands maybe a topic that can becoming, you know, mundane or yeah. repetitive. Uh, but, you know, it's listen, I one of the things I don't I, I don't do, though is I'm not going to tell people how to broadcast. You can do what you you can do what you want to do. Like it's sometimes I see people in our industry and I ignore them, but you, you can't, you know, you you run into it when they're kind of trying to tell you uh, this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. Uh, you know where I come down on that? The audience, my numbers, my data, mm. the volume's growing like crazy. My radio show was up last year again. I had my highest FS1 numbers. The audience tells me where I should go and what I should talk about. I'm not going to listen to peers or people in my industry. Writers often write for writers. I've never broadcast for a broadcaster. I broadcast for the audience. Mm. It seems to have served you well. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's just a, it's a tricky thing. I think it's about balance. It's kind of like poison is determined by the dose. You know, a little bit of salt on my steak makes it delicious. If you're pouring the salt all over it, not so much. When you bring up the Elon Musk Twitter, what was yeah. it called? The whatever rate, the thing that was locking yeah. people out. I can't even remember what it was called. Limit exceeded. And, yeah. and you know, how angry journalists were getting about it. When I saw you had a take on that, I found myself 
excited because I legitimately don't know what your take was going to be. And I would assume that it wasn't going to be hyper ideological. And I would assume that it was going to be a window into some broader thing. And those expectations were fulfilled. So sometimes I think it's just about the degree when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like, uh, you know, I, I said this, I had a, um, after I had left ESPN uh, about a year later, um, one of their executives, and I was up front to Fox about it, wanted to go to dinner. And I, I met him at uh, a restaurant in Los Angeles. And I, I told Fox I was going to, he was a friend. And I was kind of watching ESPN sort of veer into politics. And I said, you know, I understand maybe 20 years ago, if there weren't all these other platforms, but I found it quite remarkable that when you have Instagram and Twitter, and when you've got all these platforms that I didn't have just generationally, I didn't have it in my young broadcasting career. Go to those platforms that have your name on them and have your opinion on them.